As a medical professional, you're probably consumed by your work. Because of that, you likely miss out on big opportunities to protect and grow the wealth you work so hard for. Luckily, through passive real estate investing, you can place your capital in the hands of trusted syndicators who do all the legwork while you sit back and let your money work for you. Syndicators like Ascent Equity Group. Ascent Equity Group is led by three medical professionals turned full-time real estate investors who have secured a quarter of a billion dollars in assets in just three years. And their latest opportunity, Sunrise and Chandler, is open now. Sunrise and Chandler is an exciting 177-unit value-add multifamily opportunity in the affluent city of Chandler, Arizona. This Class B asset in a Class A location was secured at a significant discount and is already cash flowing out of the gate, with 89% of the units still in need of renovation. Sunrise and Chandler is close to meeting its capital raising goal and will be closing soon. So if you'd like to learn more, visit ascentequitygroup.com forward slash best deal to schedule a call. That's A-S-C-E-N-T equitygroup.com slash best deal. This opportunity is open to accredited investors only. I don't buy a lot. I rarely buy and I buy right. So I'd rather just put as much money as I can to make myself as much money. And if I make money, you make money. If I don't make money, you don't make money. Quick disclaimer, the views and opinions expressed in this podcast are provided for informational purposes only and should not be construed as an offer to buy or sell any securities or to make or consider any investment or course of action. For more information, go to bestevershow.com. Hello, best of your listeners, and welcome to the best real estate investing advice ever show. I am Theo Hicks, and today we'll be speaking with Dan Tokayer. Dan, how are you doing today? I'm doing great. Thank you so much for having me. No, thank you so much for joining us. Looking forward to our conversation and learning more about what you're up to. So Dan is the founder of Simplicity Capital and has over 21 years of real estate experience. He has acquired, operated, and invested in $80 million worth of commercial real estate across 850 units. He is based in New Jersey and his website is simplicitycap.com. So Dan, do you mind telling us some more about your background and then what you're focused on today? Sure. I started in real estate right out of college. I graduated Queens College in New York in 1999. Wow, I was about to say 2000, uh, but I forgot there was numbers before 2000. And I took the money I saved up throughout working odd jobs, put it together with one or two investments, and I bought a property in Manhattan, back when Manhattan and Harlem actually specifically was a lot cheaper. I fixed that up. I got in buddy-buddy with different banks and different vice presidents of banks, and they were able to teach me the system of how to refinance and how to do all that good jazz. And I was able to pay out my investors after two years with a hefty profit and sort of go off on my own. When I first started, I called up a friend of mine who was in my neighborhood, and I said, hey, can I spend six months with you and learn real estate? And he said, <laughs> actually funny, he said, no. I don't want you to waste your time. I want you to come to my office whenever you can. I'll give you a five-minute synopsis of how to invest in real estate, and I need you to take it from there. And he told me recently that I was the only person who took his five or 10-minute synopsis and took it as far as I did. Everyone else sort of needed him to hold his hand, and I just sort of ran with it. I moved on, and I kept on buying, buying and refinancing and selling and selling and buying and selling until I was able to get to where I am sort of today, where I don't have that many partners and I'm the lion's share of most of my deals. It's been 20 years now, 21 years. Perfect. So you said that in your first deal, you had investors in your first deal? Yeah, I had two investors. 
The first deal wasn't a lot of cash. It was about $80,000 to buy a building in Manhattan. So I took 20,000 of my savings and I took, I think, 50 or 60,000 from two investors. And I bought the property. It was an eight unit in Manhattan in Harlem. I actually still own that property hmm. today. I use it as an ATM. So every couple of years I refinance and pull out money and buy other property from it, but it's a beautiful building. And I refinanced after two years and I paid them off a hefty return and they were very happy with, and I just took it over myself and sort of kept on going from there. Well, I have to dive a little bit more into that because you're fresh out of college, right? Your real estate experience is a five minute synopsis from someone that you knew, and then you were able to raise $60,000 from two people. So who were these people? Would they simply say, hey, can I have 60 grand? And they're like, oh, sure. Or how did you get them to invest? How did you get them to trust you? That's a great question. They're friends and family. One of was family and one was friend. And I think they were more into the idea of they liked what I had to say. They liked my go-gettingness. They liked the fact that I knew what to do with the project. They sort of knew me you know, growing up. Well, family member definitely knew me growing up, but the friend knew me and they knew my personality. It's very hard to raise money when you're at zero. The only successful way to raise money I found out is just track record. If you have a good track record, it doesn't matter if you want to buy a bridge in Manhattan, as they say. If you have a good track record, people will go after you and people will throw you money. I would say it's funny that when the market is bad, it's the worst time to raise money. But when the market is good, it's the best time. And in general, when the market is bad, that should be the best time to raise money because things are substantially cheaper. Manhattan went down in value 20, 30%. Now's the best time to go in and buy if you're a Manhattan buyer. So now when the market is bad, everybody holds tight to their money and you should say the opposite. You know, the saying when there's blood on the streets, you want to be the first one with your checkbook to say, let's buy everything we can. But back then the market was just turning. It started to turn in 97 and 98. So the market was getting good, although it had a long run of being negative in Manhattan. So I showed them the numbers. I said, you can get eight, nine, 10% return on your cash. And I'm going to fix it up. And this is what I'm going to do. And this is what I plan on doing with the money. And this is where I plan on taking the rents. And this is the proof that I have the rents that are going to go this way. And for them, thankfully, $20,000, $30,000 wasn't a huge dent in their checkbook or their account. So they were able to do it. And they just sort of took a chance. And they were there to hold my hand and to answer my questions and to follow me to make sure I didn't do anything wrong. But if I ever had a problem, I would call them up for advice. So they were with me, even though they wrote a check and they were a silent partner. So they saw me along the way and they were very happy. And I learned a lot. I used them as much as they used me. Fascinating. So that kind of brings me to my next question, which is about mentorship, right? So you kind of gave me two examples. On the one hand, you've got the friends and family who invested and they were there to help you answer any questions you had. And were kind of there along the way. Whereas on the other hand, the other person gave you five minutes of their time, which was something I'm sure was very helpful. So from your perspective, let's say I'm where you were, where you had some money, really no experience. We talked about the money side, but from the mentorship side, what's some advice you have for that person to get someone like you now, or that friend you had that gave you that 10 minute synopsis, or these people who had money were willing to help you along the way. What's your advice on that? It's actually quite funny. It's like you're in my mind in a way. To thank that person who gave me five minutes, anyone I speak to or anyone who gets in contact with me, I tell them I will give them as much time as I can to help the mentor. So I mentor now for free. 
I just got a teaching job at a university in Manhattan to teach real estate. All I want to do now is mentor. I love it. I love teaching people. And more than anything, I love seeing people successful from the ideas that I learned along the way. One of the questions that you said that you're going to ask me in the interview later on is, what are the biggest things I learned in real estate? And that is making mistakes. If you can save so much money, which is all the money that I lost, by learning from my mistakes, it'll help you along the way so much. A lot of the real estate that I learned was actually in hindsight. And I know it sounds weird when you're dealing with oodles of money and no investor would ever want to go into an investment with me. If you learn things in hindsight, I don't want to be that guy. But I've never lost money in terms of like, ooh, that was a mistake. But I learned things that I never expected to happen through hindsight, saying I never thought that a wind of that magnitude can withstand a certain window that they said wouldn't fall down. Just random stuff like that. That's a horrible example. And I hope you can look past that weirdly weird example. But mentorship is all I do. And that's all I want to do. So anyone who contacts me through my website, assuming that I vet them and they're somewhat normal and they have any questions, I'll be more than happy to answer them. And I'll be more than happy to walk through the real estate troubles that they have and answer their questions because I feel that it was that person's five and 10, 15 minutes in his office that he gave me that took me to where I am today. And if you have the right skills and you ask the right questions, you can go farther than me. We'll get back to the show in just two minutes, but first, some sponsors I'm confident you'll find value in learning more about. One of the hardest tasks to balance while scaling your real estate investing business is accounting. Well, realestateaccounting.co takes care of the numbers for you so you can grow your business and revenue. REA helps property managers and investors save time and money by automating back office, financial, admin, and accounting. Starting is quick and seamless, from accounts payable to reconciliations, taxes, and reporting. Go to realestateaccounting.co forward slash best ever to find out how REA clients save on average 30% by leveraging their accounting services versus hiring in-house. With CPAs on staff and being owner-operators themselves, REA knows the challenges of your growing real estate business. Try it risk-free at realestateaccounting.co forward slash best ever. And remember to mention the Best Ever Podcast sent you to receive up to $1,800 towards onboarding and services. That's realestateaccounting.co forward slash best ever. If you're not sure where to start investing or need help taking the next step, mentorship and coaching is one of the best ways to get going. Think Multifamily is a leading apartment acquisition and education company who provides true one-on-one -on -one coaching to help you invest for your family's future. Their servant leadership approach will guide you to successfully scale your real estate business or assist you to diversify your investments in multifamily. Go to thinkmultifamily.com forward slash coaching to learn how they help working professionals just like you transform their future through partnering and community. In fact, the majority of real estate investors who partner with Think Multifamily get involved in a general partnership within six months. Thinkmultifamily.com forward slash coaching highlights the partnerships, joint ventures, and resources all available through the coaching program. Go to thinkmultifamily.com forward slash coaching to learn how to become a member and get involved. I want to quickly follow up because you said something that you'll help anyone as long as they're vetted and normal. So what does that process look like? Because you already mentioned that with a five-minute synopsis person, you're the only person that actually kind of took action on that advice. So maybe you do offer this and not many people reach out, but assuming that's not the case and a bunch of people are reaching out to you, 
you can't really invest time with everyone. So how do you yeah. figure out who it makes sense to? Well, it's very simple. It's by the questions that they asked. If you ask a smart question, you'll get a smart answer. If you ask a question, hey, Danny, I'm having this trouble. I'm looking to buy this property. Can you give me any advice on how I should look at it different? That's a smart question. But if it ends up being a question that I don't want to say it's not worth my time because it's demeaning, but if there's a question that you see that there's some value in giving that person the answer, I'll be more than happy to. Sure. If it ends up being sort of a back and forth of, I don't know where you're going with this, you're missing the point, then that's, I guess, my way of vetting. I'm nervous because you have, what, 16 million people who listen to here on a podcast. I'm nervous about getting 14.9 million emails on Thursday, you know? But yeah, I would love to help as many people as I can. That's what I want to do right now. I want to put as many people into the millionaires club as possible. Any advice I can give them and pay it forward. That's the only pay I want. I want someone to just do it for someone else. I read all these books about real estate. I read all these books about other subjects. And everybody sort of has this one person who, when they're on the bridge and they're about to jump, and that one person reaches out their hand and say, no, I got you. I love that feeling. I would love to be able to teach that one person who doesn't have a person to speak to and say, hey, I can help you out with real estate. I can answer that question and help you out. I don't know why. It's, my wife thinks I'm crazy, but <laughs> I want to help people. And if I can help you be successful, then great. Then pay it forward. Do it to someone else. Last question before we get into the money question. So you mentioned that when you started off, you were raising capital from other people. And then now, correct me if I'm wrong, you said that it's mostly you who is the funder of these deals. How do you know when's the right time to transition? And then why did you decide to do that? Why not just keep raising money from other people so you can buy more and more deals? What's kind of the thought process there? So I don't like some of the fun outline where... There's 1% acquisition fee, 1% asset management fee, 1% this fee, half a percent to refinance, this fee, that fee. I feel it takes a lot of your money. If I give this guy a million dollars, if I give him $100,000, $82,000 gets invested in the property and the rest just goes to him. And if the property does well, I make a lot of money. If the property doesn't do well, I make money. I don't like that. So I say to myself, if I need to raise $10 million, I need to raise $5 million, I need to raise $3 million. By going up to a person and saying, this is my track record. I've averaged 24.4% IRR since I started on all my investors after fees. So we've done very well and we're quiet and we're under the radar, which is the way I like it. If I say, hey, I need to raise a million dollars. I'm coming in for 600,000. You come in for 400. It makes them a lot easier to write that check for 400. It makes them trust me more and it makes for a partner that I can deal with. I don't need to answer 300,000 questions about why you're doing this and why you're doing that. And I like that because it gives me the autonomy to spend more time looking at deals and navigating the deal and making it worth the most amount of money as opposed to dealing with investor relations, which would take up 90% of my time. So I believe that diversification is not the best thing in the world. So if you find a good deal, I don't know the term and I'm losing it right now, but put your money where your mouth is and put as much money as you can into it. So if I found a good deal and it cost me $5 million cash and I want to put 3 million into it, why would I put 300,000 and raise money just so I can make a percentage off of it? If I know I'm going to double my money, which I average do in every two or three years since I started, and I know I'm going to double my money in 36 months, why would I not want to put every dollar I have? So maybe I won't put every dollar I have, I'll get a little bit different from somebody else, but because I don't charge fees, 
I don't need to raise all that capital. I'd rather make all the money myself. Mm-hmm. My only fee is 25% off the back end of whatever profit you make. So it's a very simple fee. It's very mom and pop. And when I raise money, I do it saying, hey, listen, I need to raise $2 million. I'm 60% of it. I'm 70% of it. I'm 50% of it. And I just need you to help me get to that dollar. The proverb I used to tell people is, I have 80 cents and I need to get to a dollar. Do you want to come in for 20 cents? And they say, well, if you're in for 80, then I'm comfortable giving you 20 because I know that you're the lion's share. And for that, I say, I'm not making money off of your money in the beginning. So I don't need to raise the most amount of dollars. I'm very comfortable with what I'm doing. I don't buy a lot. I rarely buy and I buy right. So I'd rather just put as much money as I can to make myself as much money. And if I make money, you make money. If I don't make money, you don't make money. So that way we're sort of equal partners. Thank you so much for sharing that. Okay, Dan, what is your best real estate investing advice ever? Make a lot of mistakes and learn from those mistakes. The mistakes that I made when I lose a deal, when I get pushed out of a deal, when I get negotiated out of a deal, when I get a lawyer or an investor who cheats me on a deal, I literally soak up as much information as possible on that and I make sure it never happens again. That is probably how I became the most successful I've ever been. And read. I read a lot and I read a lot about real estate. Not so much in books anymore, but I read on theories on how people build their businesses, like the Rockefellers and the Carnegies, because I believe it's the small decisions they made that propelled them. It's not the big ones that you and I both think of. It's the little things of do I double down here or do I hold my money? Those decisions build your gut. And once your gut is full and once your gut is satiated with all the information, you're able to rely on it more on your decisions and you're able to make sharper decisions left and right. So mistakes in reading, I think are my two biggest strong points in real estate. Okay, Dan, are you ready for the best ever lightning round? Sure. All right. First, a quick word from our sponsor. Mark your calendars for the best ever conference, February 24th through 26th, back in person at the Gaylord Rockies Convention Center. Join the experienced community and phenomenal speakers for a weekend of learning the best commercial real estate strategies, building relationships, and quite frankly, having fun. As a bonus, once you purchase your ticket, you are put into a mini mastermind group of eight to start making connections with other commercial real estate investors immediately. Get the lowest prices right now at BEC2022.com. That's BEC2022.com. Okay, on the same track as your best ever advice, what is the best ever book you've recently read? So there's two books that I've recently read, which I think are the best ever books. The first book that I read, which I think is fantastic, is Grit by Angela Duckworth. And the second book, which I think is fantastic in real estate, is The Secret Life of Real Estate and Banking by Phil Anderson. That book surmises Everything that you need to know about real estate in terms of cycles and where it's gone wrong and how to invest in it and how to time it and what are the catalysts that bring it down since 1800. And he found a rhythm through another economist by the name of Fred Harrison. And that rhythm is one of the rhythms that I've studied very well and I'm in right now and I buy based on that rhythm. And I think it's a fantastic book. If your business were to collapse today... What would you do next? Real estate. I would start from the beginning. I have a track record behind me. So if it collapsed today, I would just do the opposite of what I'm doing in terms of the lion's share. 
and I would raise more equity mm-hmm. and I would put in less cash and I would do it again. What's Sorry. the best deal you've done? The best deal I've done. I bought a deal I mean, six years ago now. I bought a deal in Fort Lauderdale where all the CapEx work was done. The guy put in brand new kitchens and bathrooms, marble kitchens, marble bathrooms, fixed every single aspect of the building. But because he owned it for 15 years and he knew all the tenants by name, he never raised the rents a penny. So essentially, when I went in there, I literally had to just drop the gavel and say, I'm paying you for all these adages, all these brand new kitchens and bathrooms. I'm not paying you. I'm sorry. I'm raising you. You are now paying market rent and I don't have to put in CapEx. It was literally free money. I overbid on the property by 300000 Even the bankers were like, you're crazy. I made millions off that property. I didn't understand why no one bought it. Hmm. So this is four years ago? No, this is 2014. So I guess six years ago. I sold it four years ago. Okay. What's the best ever way you like to give back? Which you've kind of already talked about, but it gets you an answer to get anyways. <laughs> Mentorship is my way of giving back. And from financial perspective, I like to support a lot of my community stuff. I like to give money back to the poor. I like to give toys to families that don't have a lot to give to their kids. I like to give a lot of presents for the holidays and mentorship is probably paying it forward is my number one. Last question is what's the best ever place to reach you? My website has my email address, dan at simplicitycap.com. Please don't harass me, but if you have any questions or if you would like to speak to me more, I would love to hear from you. I'm also a not that I raise a lot of money, but I like to find one or two partners that I like to raise money from. So I do it through my website as well. But my email address is the best. Perfect, Dan. Well, thank you so much for joining us today and providing us with your best ever advice, kind of going through your background in a lot of detail and explain to people some of the things that got you to where you are today with one of those being your hustle and your knowledge, your track record, and then your mentors. And so you talk about one of the big things you focus on now is, as you said, paying it forward and being mentors of people who are the Dan's of today, mm-hmm. how you were when you first started, people like you today. And you kind of talked about what I think is powerful for people of how to actually get a mentor. Make sure you're asking those smart questions and the kind of what you did, making sure you're actually doing something, not being the, the guy that talks to you once and then you never hear from them again, because you really never know where that relationship is going to go. We also talked about your philosophy behind how you fund your deals. You gave us a lot of interesting things to think about when it comes to using other people's money versus using your own capital, right? A lot of people talk about raising other people's money. It's great to hear the other side of it. It's like, well, here's why I don't like raising money. Here's why I like some of the benefits of using my own capital in these deals. And then your best ever advice was number one, make a lot of mistakes because that's where you learn. And then number two, reading. And you gave us some good places to start when it comes to reading. So uh, anything else you want to mention before we sign off? No, I think that's it. I really appreciate the opportunity to speak. And I want people to pay it forward as much as possible with helping other people and mentorship. That is probably the hardest part about getting into real estate was just having someone to bump ideas off of. Mm -hmm. And if I can do that for people, it'd be great. Or if you can do it for other people too, that'd be great. Just pay it forward. Great, Dan. Well, thank you again for joining us. Best of your listeners, as always, thank you for listening. Have a best ever day and we'll talk to you tomorrow. All right, great. Thank you.